It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. A number of prominent rookies on this Dolphins 2023 roster participated in Mobile, Alabama at the 2023 Senior Bowl. We're joined today on the show by Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy to learn a little bit more about the Senior Bowl alumni that are now calling South Florida home. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh. Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. And you can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dolphins your first, and in this case, also your second Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Thursday, June 8th want to give a shout out to our everydayers who are plugged in with us on a daily basis here on Locked On. And amidst the news that Dalvin Cook is going to be released within the next 24 hours, if the Vikings are not able to secure a trade partner for Dalvin Cook in his three years and $37 million left on his contract, we're not talking about Dalvin Cook with a double dip today. We're talking about a couple of members of this Miami Dolphins rookie class have an opportunity to welcome Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy, who I've had a chance to get to know quite a bit over the last few years to the show. And we're going to talk with him here today. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with your order. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Jim onto the show, and we're going to dive right in with the Senior Bowl alumni. There's three. Stanford's Elijah Higgins, tight end slash wide receiver. Michigan's Ryan Hayes, offensive lineman. And undrafted free agent linebacker Aubrey Miller Jr., all members of the 2023 Senior Bowl. And who better to get to know them than Jim Nagy? So let's get after it. Joining us on the program now is the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, who have had a chance to get to know a little bit over the past couple years and consider him a, a good friend of mine and excited to have him on the program here. Jim, your debut here on Locked on Dolphins. We've done some content before, but not on Locked on Dolphins. How's it going? It's good, man. I came prepared. I got the, I got the helmet and everything. So uh, good to be on with you, Kyle. Good to, yeah. good to reconnect. Talking my language there with the Dolphins helmet. I got the old school one over my shoulder here. But uh, the, the Dolphins actually did some some heavy lifting with Senior Bowl in spite of not having a lot of draft capital at their disposal. They didn't have a first-round pick for the second consecutive year. but And only four picks in general. They still managed to land two of their draft class as Senior Bowl alumni and then have a pretty prominent undrafted free agent who – is in a position room that the Dolphins are pretty light on. And I wanted to take advantage of your expertise and the fact that you know these guys really well and allow you and, and your experiences with these guys through scouting the Senior Bowl and the Senior Bowl itself to kind of give Dolphins fans an, an idea and an expectation of what they're getting, starting with Elijah Higgins. Uh, Elijah Higgins, wide receiver slash 
tight end from Stanford. He was announced as a tight end for the Dolphins. What um, what stood out the most to you about Elijah in your preparations for the Senior Bowl leading up to him getting the invitation to come down? Yeah, pretty easy. Just uh, just the physical traits. Um, I felt like in terms of you know skill players in last year's draft, one of the top lightweight speed guys, regardless of of position. And again, it's like where do you where do you put him? Right, I don't know what room you put him in. I don't know what you call him. It's like we're going down the road right now. Um, with Johnny Wilson, a receiver from, from Florida State, like, what do we want to label this guy? Is he an F tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Um, I don't really care. I, I don't know what the Dolphins are. I don't know what room they're sticking Elijah in. Um, what he is is, is, a, is a pass game weapon. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a mismatch player in the pass game. Whatever he ended up being, you know, 6'3", 250-something. I know that uh, a year ago at this time, I posted a clip of Elijah from Stanford on, on kind of a pull-away touchdown long touchdown catch and run play against UCLA. Um, and those guys at Stanford told me that he hit, hit over 22 on the GPS, I want to say, or upper 21s, which is, which is rolling for, for a guy that size. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, th- I thought he was one of the, uh, the coolest height, weight, speed, uh, skill guys in the draft. And Miami has a couple of those guys. Tanner Connor was an undrafted yep. free agent who made the team last year. Who's another wide receiver convert to, to playing tight end. But uh, Jim, I w- think what's, Really fascinating about Elijah and the offense that Stanford plays. A little unorthodox with some of the the RPO and long mesh stuff that they did this past year. But I fell in love with Elijah watching him with doing kind of the blue collar reps. You're watching him on the perimeter and just how physical that he is out there. Uh, can you talk a little bit about from a skill player standpoint when you're evaluating these guys obviously the traits is what gets Elijah Higgins drafted but what does evaluating a player and seeing top shelf effort on the perimeter whether that be in the screen game or in the running game what does that do for a player in the evaluation process maybe not just only from your perspective for the senior bowl but you're a longtime NFL front office persona that that was involved in all of these discussions for a really long time well, it, it, it helps you build conviction on a competitor, right? I mean, I don't care what position you're scouting. You want guys that, that want to compete. Um, and that's what Elijah did down here as well. You know, I mean, he all week, he uh, this guy battled his butt off. And, and I will say this about him, too. Like, he, he's got a cool frame and the ability to, like, add and, and lose weight. So I think he can get to whatever the Miami Dolphins want him to get to. Um, I think his weight's fluctuated even during the pre-draft process. You know, he was somewhere from that mid-20s to – upper thirties. Um, and then if you're already to the upper thirties, I mean, you can easily get to somewhere in the forties, you know, so this guy's got kind of a moldable body type depending on how they want to use him. But yeah, um, he's not afraid to get after people at all. You know, it's just, you know, can, can he ever put his hand in the dirt? Um, you know, from like a, a size and bulk and strength perspective that remains to be seen. I think they would have to get him up obviously into the, into the upper forties into the mid fifties, if he's going to be that guy. Uh, but yeah, you love the effort. Uh, there's no lack of physicality. That's for sure. Um, you brought up Tanner Connor. That's a good one, man. We, we did a lot of work on Tanner coming out of Idaho state the year before he was kind of a, a cut line guy for us along with like Christian Watson for like small school guys that were kind of, um, you know, we had Christian higher, but you know, we had a lot of the same conversations So we, we knew Tanner being a track guy at Idaho state. It's pretty easy to know he's going to run well, um, you know, and be a, a big time height, weight, speed guy. So yeah, the, the, the Stanford offense, going back to like what they were doing out there, is a little funky this year for, for as much talent as they had. Um, 
you know, they, they really is a unit underachieved. I mean, they had a draftable quarterback. They had Elijah. They had Michael Wilson who went in the third round. Um, I mean, that's, that's a lot of up. And they, they had another receiver uh, get signed as an undrafted free agent. So um, a lot of NFL talent, you know, to, to struggle the way they struggled and now have a coaching turnover. So, um, yes, going back to your original question, yeah, um, love the competitor, man. Just watching him block and, and not afraid to be physical and, and finish out there on the perimeter and be unselfish. Um, it helps you with the buying of the player. Uh, just to echo your point there with the build and, and the ability to stack weight on the frame, Tanner Connor this past week at, at Dolphins minicamp said he'd added 10 pounds this offseason to do that exact same thing. So if that's kind of their progression plan, uh, you, you can see them kind of embracing the competitiveness of that room in general with guys that have something to prove. The last thing I would ask you about Elijah is when he was down there in Mobile, was he able to leave an impression on you about the kind of person that he is? Tell, tell Dolphins fans who Elijah Higgins is as an individual, not just necessarily as a football player. Yeah. You hate to, uh, you hate to scout the helmet when these guys, in terms of guys ability. Um, I don't think that's fair to players, but man, there is such thing about a a stereotype when it comes to certain schools. Um, You know, you're getting a certain kind of guy depending on the program and what the head coach has built there. And, and with Coach Shaw's done an unbelievable job at Stanford. Yes. They, they tailed off here the last couple of years, but man, they had, unprecedented success, you know, coming from the Jim Harbaugh era into the coach Shaw's era. Um, and they put out a certain kind of guy and we we've seen it, you know, going back to like Bobby Okariki, uh, the linebacker who just left the Colts to go to the giants this off season. You know, when we first got here years ago to this year's class with, with Michael Wilson and Caillou blue Kelly, the cornerback and Elijah, I mean, these guys are, are buttoned up, um, very mature. They're ready to be pros. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing is this guy, he's not going to have any trouble transitioning. He's, he's going to be able to move to South Florida. He's going to have his stuff together. You're not going to have to worry about him uh, from like a life skills and life management standpoint. So he's going to be able to get right in his playbook, obviously. Um, Stanford guy, you know, smart guy. Uh, playbook probably shouldn't be an issue for him. So, um, it, you know, when you talk about late round picks and having a chance to hit and stick in year one, um, they usually have to have all that stuff, that kind of makeup, and, and Elijah certainly does. He was, a, he was a great guy to have here. We loved having him. Before we go any further on today's episode of Locked on Dolphins, have to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the shorts that make you look good. Doesn't matter what kind of build you got. I promise these khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they do it better. They fixed the fit issue that you get with regular shorts, the stuffy cotton, the rigid materials, the unbreathability, because they created a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you have a way slimmer fit and more give without sacrificing movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take these things off. Don't take your bird dogs off. Once you put them on, I promise you that. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to transition now to the trenches. Staying on the offensive side of the ball, though, the Dolphins with their final pick drafted Ryan Hayes, offensive lineman from University of Michigan. And uh, some Dolphins fans are wondering in the midst of a lot of competition that's been brought in, maybe necessarily not in the starting five, but for roster spots six, seven, eight, potentially nine on the offensive line where Ryan can fit in there. So I guess I- I'd start with in the evaluation of Ryan Hayes, you know, where did you guys felt like he landed on the spectrum of positional versatility? Is he a left side of the line only type guy? Where did you feel he had the most avenues to put himself in a position to play at the NFL level? Yeah. So our evaluation of Ryan goes way back. Um, he's from my hometown. So uh, his high school athletic director was one of my best friends growing up, grew, grew up right across the alley from me. Um, and so I've been hearing about Ryan Hayes for a long time. This kid was a uh, three sport high school stud. Um, he played in the biggest classification in the state of Michigan. He was, he was all state in basketball, baseball, and football. So, um, kind of an old school three sport guy. He's a high school tight end. Um, you know, so Ryan's biggest thing from the time he went to the university of Michigan as a tight end. Um, I think the plan for Ryan when they recruited him was to just grow him and, and make him a tackle. Uh, but it's been that, that gradual progression in terms of bulk and strength. And he has, I mean, you've, Every year on tape, I've been peeking at him forever, just out of curiosity, because he's a he's a hometown kid, uh, Traverse City, Michigan. So um, he has he's gradually put on bulk and strength, and he's done a nice job. He's played on both sides of the line, uh, more of a left side player uh, there at Michigan. You know, he took a lot of a lot of reps on the right side here, which can be hard. I, I'll say this: like there was there was right off the bat in Senior Bowl week, it was might it might have been his very first rep of the week. He went against Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, who was I think the 40th pick of the draft of the Saints. So good player, uh, double digit sack guy the past couple of years at Notre Dame, and he put Ryan on his put him on his can uh, the first rep, and that was on the right side, you know, and he probably hadn't taken taken a live rep over there on the right side in a long long time. So you know, I, I think is you know I think sometimes when people watch Senior Bowl week, they don't take those things into account. Um, and it's a lot harder to switch sides. And I think people that haven't played offensive line before, uh, truly realize. So, yeah, I think he's going to be a swing tackle. I think that's going to be his role. I think that's where you draft him at. I think they got really good value. Um, I thought Ryan had a chance to go anywhere in that round five to seven range. They got him towards the, the bottom end of that range. Um, so that's, to me, that that's really good value. And when you draft guys in that range, you're, you're drafting guys to, to compete for a back end roster spot or at, at minimum um, be on the practice squad. I think that's, that's kind of where we see, you know, Ryan's future being this year is, is he going to stick is the, is the ninth or 10th guys are going to be a, a year on the practice squad where, you know, he can get bulk and strength. And, and uh, so, yeah, again, your Michigan program, they won the Joe Moore award as the offensive line of the year, pretty prestigious award in college football right now. Um, so he's a back-to-back Joe Moore, Joe Moore award winner. Um, played a lot of good football, high football makeup, competitive, tough, um, knows how to do it, played in a pro style system. And uh, yeah, man, I think uh, 
I think the, the sky's the limit. I, I look forward to seeing him. Like I, I look forward to seeing Ryan like two or three years down the road. So that's kind of a, a common theme for the Dolphins' first two picks, and you being somebody who, or, or their last two picks, and you being somebody who's been in a number of different rooms, I would just love to hear your insight on the thought process with late round draft picks. And, and what are you most hoping to accomplish? Like in, in the places that you've been, what have some of those conversations been like about sixth round, seventh round? Because obviously your expectation for finding an immediate starter is probably not rooted in reality unless it's an absolute dream scenario or player falls for reasons that aren't tied to their skill on the football field. So what are some of your experiences for, for what, places that you've been around or people that you're familiar with throughout the space, not to, to uh, tell on any, any individual spot that you've been in. Uh, what has been the goal with some of those late round draft picks? Uh, yeah, it, it's a good question. It's a good, good question, Kyle. It certainly varies. Um, you know, I've worked for clubs where on day three, you're, you're really, you don't want to reach for need up at the top of the draft, right? I mean, theoretically, I'd much rather take best player available up top when you're talking about really high end talent, but you know, you get into day three and sometimes you're trying to plug holes, um, roster holes for need. Um, and then I think what we've really seen over the last probably five to 10 years is teams are really using those late round picks to, to try to hit on physical traits, which Ryan has. I mean, let's, let's again, the star system, whatever, however you value the high school star stuff. I mean, this guy's a four-star tight end. We're, we're dealing with a, we're a pretty darn good athlete now. Like I said, a three-sport guy at a high school at a, at a in a big, in a big high school, um, not so not some little podunk school. So, um, so yeah, they're trying to hit on some some physical talents where you know it, you might you might end up with a starter, right? I mean, rather you take a guy with a high athletic ceiling that that needs some work, where you know in Ryan's case, bulk and strength. Um, some other guys that might be just coaching development, maybe they're late bloomers, late to the game, um, that sort of thing. Your position conversion guys like Tariq Woolen a year ago, a guy that played receiver his first two years and only played corner for two years at UTSA. Um, obviously Seattle hit there. So that's what, that's what most teams are trying to do nowadays. Um, and if they're not trying to do that, they're, they're, they're trying to create competition at a certain spot um, in draft or need. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Miami's last prominent senior bowl personality that I want to make sure that we spend a little bit of time on was uh, Jackson State linebacker Aubrey Miller Jr., who... Uh, certainly made his presence felt in the game. Had a big, big tackle there on the sideline there in the game on Saturday this year, and thought yeah, he had first a nice play of the game. <laughs> right. First play of the game set, set the tone pretty darn early there. Um, but he had a nice week of practice too, and, and wanted to hear your thoughts on Aubrey, what he brings to the table. The Dolphins are really thin. If if you're including Andrew Van Ginkle in their off-ball linebacker room, they have five off-ball linebackers, not including Aubrey Miller or any of the other undrafted free agents that they've currently brought in. So potential roster spot available in that room if the Dolphins want to carry five or six off-ball linebackers. And, you know, I think five is a, probably a 
decent chance to see it happen. I think six, you'd really have to see somebody commandeer uh, a roster spot and force the front office to say, hey, we don't want to lose him. So uh, yep. as far as what Aubrey brings to the table, uh, what stands out to you with the background with Aubrey? Yeah, Aubrey's a stud, man. Um, really was really was hoping he would get drafted. Really thought he would get drafted. We wouldn't. Have, we I'll say this: we wouldn't have invited him to the Senior Bowl if we didn't think he was going to get drafted. We don't. We don't invite guys we think are, are going to be free agents. But going back to the the process with the scouting process with Aubrey, um, went into Jackson State. Our, our staff went up there last August. Uh, you know, Coach Prime was good enough to let us come up there. We saw practice in the morning. Uh, went in and, and spoke to the team, the entire team uh, first, and then he kept all the seniors behind, and and dove in a little more, uh, a little more deep with uh, the 2023 draft eligible guys. And uh, what stood out about Aubrey um, in that meeting room was just, man, he was so attentive, taking detailed notes, asking really good questions. So, like based off that, I knew how important this was to him and how serious it, it was it was to him. Um, and then he came up after and, and introduced himself and we had a good one-on-one -on -one talk after that. So going into the year, I'm like, man, this dude's serious about it. Like we, we got to really pay attention to this guy. Um, and we had a couple different scouts go in and see Jackson state live last year. Um, and he is just a run and hit player. I mean, he's, he's a Missouri transfer. So we're, we was a, a power five recruit, um, out of high school for the dolphins fans that don't know that. So, um, that's what that is. And then, you know, he goes to Jackson state and, uh, leads the conference in tackles for a couple of years. I mean, just, he constantly shows up on tape and yeah, he's a, he's a little shorter, um, you know, not, not doesn't have quite the length, um, but he is a rocked up dude, you know, and that limits his, his movement a little bit. Um, but to Aubrey's credit, man, he knew that we talked about it when, when he was in there, I said, you got to loosen up a little bit, do what you can from a flexibility standpoint. Uh, and then I got a call from their staff in the middle of October and they're like, this kid is on the field every day. Um, like doing yoga. I don't know if he had his iPad out there with him or his, or his iPhone, but he was out there on the field in the mornings doing, doing yoga by himself, you know, working again, working on the, his weaknesses, which um, says a lot, man. It says a lot about a guy. And then we had, you know, they came to mobile and played in a classic game last year against uh, man, who'd they play Alabama and a, a and M maybe uh, Jackson state did. And uh, we actually gave, uh, Coach Prime gave Aubrey his senior bowl invite in the locker room. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool moment. Um, and he ran out of the locker room and met his dad in the stands. It was it was pretty awesome. So uh, and he had a good week at senior bowl. I'll say this too, man. Like we had major roster attrition at the end of the week at the linebacker spot. He was the only true linebacker on his team that made it through the week to the game. Um, so he played just about every dang snap in that game. Didn't didn't bat an eye like didn't question it. Like wasn't worried about how many snaps he was going to get. He just played his tail off. So to me, that's why I was disappointed. Aubrey didn't get picked. Um, he, he did everything he could do through the process, except probably run a four, a great 40 time. He was like a mid four, seven guy. Um, it is pro day, you know, I think, you know, so, but to me, man, when you play as hard as Aubrey does, and when you pull the trigger and just go and trust your eyes and, and run through people the way he does, you play faster than whatever the stupid stopwatch says. So, um, I, I think he's got a really, a really good chance there. Obviously when I, when I, when we scouted him, I thought he was a make it player. Um, I thought he was a guy that at minimum was going to be a really good court special teams player because going back to that game in mobile opening kickoff, you've got your best football player on the field on kickoff team. I think he was like the L five or R five. 
and I'm standing in the end zone watching him run down, and he just deca- ran straight through a dude, decapitated a dude to get the football and, and made the tackle on the opening kickoff. I'm like, wow, that's that's what some team's going to be paying him to do next year. And that's I saw a guy that's going to do that on Sundays. Um, so I hope he's got a great camp, man. I hope he puts himself in position, and, and I know he's going to just based off everything he did getting ready to be drafted. Um, you know, I, I know now that he didn't get drafted, he's probably down there in South Florida that, with a giant ship on his shoulder. Uh, be music to Dolphins fans' ears, particularly e- or even from the special teams component. Dolphins, one of the worst special teams units uh, in football last year from a, a kick coverage standpoint and a, a kickoff standpoint. So having a little bit more edge and some depth, if Aubrey can bring that, that would be phenomenal. Jim, I think the, the last thing that I wanted to ask you about Aubrey, uh, kind of tying him into this Dolphins system where a lot of the the Vic Fangio tendencies as the defensive coordinator has been rooted in kind of presenting two high shells before the snaps and living in lighter box counts and and just how you think Aubrey and his style of play can be suited into a defense that maybe doesn't necessarily give you an ideal amount of protection versus some other defensive systems that are more gap control oriented, but... Uh, being at that man half man disadvantage in the box when you have to defend the run. Talk a little bit about Aubrey's physical play style and and how he may be able to apply that to have success in a system that is operating at a, maybe at times a numbers deficiency to try to defend the run. Yeah, right. That's right. And that's why I do think it's a good fit because he is a physical downhill player. Uh, That's why I like him as a linebacker because he will come downhill and hit guards in the mouth and stack guards and play off people. But he also has the speed and range, although whatever, mid four, seven time, I, I don't care. I mean, that play you referenced in the senior bowl, that first play of the game where he ran, ran the back down on the sideline and just and ran through him and just, you know, I mean, this guy, this guy plays with good range so he can get sideline to sideline. He also can play downhill. Usually those two things don't go hand in hand. I mean, kind of similar to Channing Tindall last year, um, so, you know, I kind of I'm excited to see what Channing will do and what what leap forward he can he can make in a new in a new system this year. But that but that's that's what well, that's what Aubrey's game is, man. I and mean, he can play downhill. He's got the bulk and in size to do that. He can hold up uh, playing downhill, but he also run and hit and, and get out to the perimeter. So, uh, yeah, I mean, his biggest thing, you know, watching Aubrey when I was being nitpicky with him and he asked what he could work on. It's just the flexibility and stuff in coverage. Um and I thought he showed up better down here in the senior bowl and in the one-on-one coverage stuff than I thought he would, quite frankly. Um, I thought that might be an area where he got exposed a little bit, but uh, he made some plays on the ball and stuck with the backs better, better than I thought. So uh, yeah, I just think, I think coach Banjo is going to like him, you know, an old school coach is going to like a guy that's coachable and that's Aubrey um, chip on his shoulder guy and, and uh, just really determined and tough and rugged. Um, he's just kind of got an old school play style and uh I think that's a good fit. I really like the fit there. I think whoever, I forget who Aubrey's agent is, but uh, you know, when you get to undrafted free agency, it's about, you know, the, the player and the agent have to make a good decision on where the, the depth chart and the, the scheme fit would be. I think uh, Miami sounds like a really good place for him. Jim, really appreciate your time. I want to give you the opportunity to, to tell anybody who is either watching or listening to this, uh, anything that they may not know about the, the senior bowl, the event itself, mobile, obviously you guys have built, a really, really incredible fan experience down there. And I want to give you a chance to communicate anything for football fans who, who may be interested or learning more about the senior bowl or, or partaking in the future in the senior bowl, uh, what they need to know. 
Yeah, Kyle, appreciate that, man. No, we, uh, you know, we we hopefully grabbed a good hold of the Dolphins fan base a couple of years ago when when Coach Flores and, and and Chris Greer and those guys came up here to coach the game. That was during our COVID year. Um, you know, we got a lot of interaction with the, with the Dolphins fan base that year. But yeah, it's an awesome week, man. We're coming coming up on our 75th anniversary game this year. Um, so we're going to be putting together a 75th anniversary team, which uh, Dan Marino has a pretty good chance of being that 75th anniversary team quarterback. So, uh, you know, and Dan's here every year as part of the Dolphins organization. But yeah, it's a great week. We've worked hard, Kyle, to uh, build the week out and create more. But man, if you just came up just for the practice, um, practices alone, um, at the new stadium, you know, we changed venues about three years ago and moved out to a brand new stadium out at, at South Alabama. Um, you can attest, man, there's just a different vibe out there now. Um, you know, with the, with the jumbotron and the, and the music and it's just, it's just, uh, man, there's a, there's a different vibe. I mean, this game has been a great game for a long time, but the change of venue has been good for us. And then, uh, now that we fall during Mardi Gras season, when the NFL kind of pushed back that week and added that, that 17th game. Uh, we're squarely in Mardi Gras season. So Mobile is the proudly the home of the Senior Bowl and probably the home of uh, the original home of Mardi Gras. Uh, it's not New Orleans. So uh, so we you know, we've got a Mardi Gras parade for our players. Um, you know, this year we had Nelly uh, play a concert downtown. So there's a lot going on um, and, and this year with our 75th anniversary. There's going to be some special stuff we have planned, too. So it's an awesome week. It's a really unique week. Um, we credential basically the entire NFL. Uh, you've been here for forever, Kyle, and you walk the streets of Mobile and you're going to run into head coaches and GMs and guys that you see on TV during the fall. So um, just a lot of fun, man. We'd invite anyone up here. It's, it's, it's a really unique, unique experience. And uh, I, I tell people, like, you come once, it's something you, you want to come back to. And I, it sounds biased now, the chair I sit in, but uh, I've been coming to the Senior Bowl since 1998. And uh, as a scout and it's, it's just a, it's a, it's an, it's an incredible week. Yeah. And I will echo that sentiment. One of the weeks that I'm most excited to on the calendar and not just because I work in football, but a chance to go down and experience all the things that, that Jim has said, if you're a football fan with the means or if it's regionally feasible for you, give it a try. I promise you won't regret it. And Jim, I, I certainly don't regret having you on the show today. So appreciate you carving some time out of your day. I know you've been busy with the scout school and, uh, already beginning your preparations and, and getting some work done for this class of 2024 already. So appreciate your time. And, and thanks for talking to Dolphins fans about a couple of these members of the rookie class. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, man. And congrats on the baby on the way. And uh, have an awesome summer. I'm sure we'll, we'll connect as we get closer to football season. But uh, have a good summer, man. Thank you. You too, Jim. That is going to do it for our discussion with Jim Nagy. Uh, he's been a very good friend of mine. Uh, the hospitality down there, sincerely. If you're a football fan who loves having interactive experiences around the game of football and being closer to the NFL, Mobile, Alabama, you can fly into New Orleans, you can fly into Pensacola, uh, you can fly into Birmingham, you can fly into Mobile directly if you wanted to. You could get through, through a number of hubs across Houston, Charlotte and Atlanta, I believe, have direct flights to Mobile. But I say all that because if you're a football fan, this is a place you should aspire to at least go once and check the box. It has an awesome environment. It has a small town feel with the entire league that congregates down on an annual basis. And, and Jim, of course, uh, he's been in that post as the executive director for five years now. He's done a tremendous job with the game, and we are looking forward to 
hopefully having a first-round pick to scout and perhaps getting a first-round pick to scout that is at the Senior Bowl as well. And if that is the case, well, we'll have Jim on to talk about it. But uh, we hope you enjoyed his perspective on Elijah Higgins, Ryan Hayes, and Aubrey Miller as members of the Dolphins' 2023 draft class or, or rookie class that are making a run at making this roster, and we'll see if they are able to accomplish that in the months ahead. That is going to do it for me. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. If you enjoyed today's content, please like the video if you're on YouTube. Hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked on Network, so shout out to the everydayers who live it with us. I'm out of here. Fins up. Peace. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you all again soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.